We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. CMOS girlies, I'm potting with Kate. I wish you guys could see the position that we're sitting in. It's very ugly. We're like both lounging in beds. It's dark. I'm in my little nightgown. Uh, just classic CMOS girly things over here. Once again, we don't have our microphone set up, so you're still getting classic vocal fry. Zoosh. And yeah, bro, how are you? I Lots of crazy things have occurred in the last, I don't know, 12 hours. Yeah, I was going to say week, but I guess 12 hours is also cool. <laughs> Um, Emma and I had some fun moments yesterday. We got food, we got ice cream, we went out. Um, we ended our going out after an hour of being like, okay, we get the point, going home. Um, yeah, now I'm sitting on my floor because I have a bed to assemble. <laughs> I've had this full bed in my apartment and bed frame that I've had to set up for two weeks. And I just haven't done it because partially my reason, my one reason that's making me feel justified that I haven't done this is because I have to film a video about it. And so I was like, oh, what if they want the original packaging, like me making the bed in the video? It turns out they don't. So then I just, I need to like assemble the bed, but still haven't done it in three hours. I'm just sitting on my floor right now, but I like put my other bed out of my building. And so it's kind of like, if I don't assemble this, it's the floor, Kate, and it's already 8 PM. So I'm kind of panicked because we're potting. And then I want to get back to my Bob Builder mode. Um, How far along are you in your bed building journey? I'm supposedly on step three I'm on step four now of six but you know whenever you get those little manuals it's like step one and step six are never equal like one step always has like a million things the other one is like open the box (laughs) so um yeah that's that's it for me um another point is uh, just a related point to this is like I don't give a fuck about home decor okay really happy for people that have beautifully decorated apartments and maybe it's the fact that one I'm renting an apartment two I'm like young I don't have any like you know significant other kids anyone coming into my apartment I live alone but I don't give a fuck about home decor why would I go and spend $700 on a rug (laughs) please give me 10 reasons why I should go buy a $50 candle 
if that makes you happy, good for you. It just doesn't personally make me happy. You can make fun of the fact that I go and I buy a bunch of prebiotic sodas. I like go do that if you want to, or the fact that I have like a fucking running watch, like make fun of me. But for me, it just, it's not, it's not, I don't need it in my life. And I'm happy that it's just, it helps my pocketbook that I don't care about health decor. Yeah, I'm no, I'm in the same boat. I think I cared a lot about it when I first probably moved into my dorm because it's like a thing to decorate your dorm. But yeah, now I think when you start paying for truly everything out of your own pocket, you realize that you don't need anything. Like I have made, I have one fork to my name. That's not like decor, but I just, I'm working with what I got. And yeah, I definitely feel you on the whole, I think just like renting an apartment. It's like, why am I going to pay and like go and buy, I don't know, artwork. And then the whole transporting when you do move is just a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, feel you on that one, but kind of getting back into our crazy night last night, I've realized that I'm fine with never going out again. I yeah. never need to be in a bar or a club. Kate and I went to this place in East village, I suppose. And it was just amateur hour. I don't even really know what the, I mean, the clientele of this place was. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying amateur hour. We never go out. It's just, it wasn't, I would just say it wasn't our scene. We'll say perhaps. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that's a more polite way to say it. Um, just every single time I go out, I'm like, this isn't stimulating for me. No, no one talks to each other. Like, I don't know. I think there's this big allure of like, you're going to go out and meet people. No, people talk to the people they came with. Everyone kind of makes judgmental eye glares at each other. <laughs> people dance, kind of. I like when people dance a lot. I like if there's like karaoke, if there's a yeah. DJ and people are dancing around. I feel like that's a way where you socialize because you like, get in the fu- in the flux with people but yeah when you're standing around just like making eye glares at each other like it's not really welcoming and I think with dating like I feel like I posted on Instagram while I was assembling my bed procrastinating someone was like how do you meet guys when you go out and I'm like the grass is not greener when you go out with dating right like I people always are like oh a lot of people that have followed my fucking dating life are like oh my god you only meet people from apps like how do you not meet people going out okay I went out I was taller than half the men there none of them look my direction and then like the other half probably have one testicle and are republican so like why would i do that right i don't know i mean if you can meet people going out like good for you but it's just like yeah it's dark it's loud people are drunk that's not like an ideal spot for like who i am at least yeah i there's so many good spots to go out to in new york that i think kate and i need to venture and actually see those places and see if our opinions change when it comes to going out but I kind of don't foresee anything changing in that regard, but there's a new beverage that I want to chat about. I feel like I've just been getting random packages this week from people that I either forgot that I agreed to get stuff from, but it's this brand called Brooklyn Cannery, I think. And it's a prebiotic soda. I don't know where it's sold, but if you're someone who lives in the New York area, you see it in your little bit again, go run and go and get it. Um, the I've had the ginger beer root beer and I had some lemonade one today but my god delicious it has restored my faith back in quirky beverages just because I think I don't know just I have no desire to really drink any other functional beverages anymore um but I definitely like this prebiotic soda because it feels lighter and not as artificial tasting but that's my new food obsession everything else has remained the same but she's unslapping Brooklyn Cannery, I also stand. Um, I thought their packaging, like when we got it, I was like, oh shit, if you just agree to get like 12 cans of beer, like it looks like it's beer. If I saw it at a bodega, I probably would think it's like a, an ale or is pale yeah. ale. That's a word, right? An IPA. I don't fucking know. My food actually recently, 
I have been um, going through my fridge and I'm like, what random shit do I have that I never touch? I had pistachios. I don't know when I bought them, but I put them on a salad. So like the base of my salad was arugula. I did like some avocado. I did like, you know, coconut aminos, all that jazz. I put on I, um, some pickled red onions, cucumber, the pistachios, and then like ripped like rotisserie chicken into like little chunks. So good. So good. And like nutritional yeast, of course. But the pistachios are like so tasty in a salad. And I'd never have thought about doing that. I probably have been served that at a restaurant before. But if you're looking for a new salad crunch, go ahead and do that one. Yum. Yeah. Yeah. Pistachios rock. <laughs> um, oh my God. What, what else? Like, yeah. It's like it's 7 p.m. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, the one point I had is there are in your stomach when indigestion hits. I saw that and I said, girl, I don't think that's what you're supposed to be doing, but continue. <laughs> I I think it kind of I mean when when I have indigestion I am desperate and I will do whatever I have to do and yesterday I felt like there was rocks in my stomachs after eating a pancake eating smoked salmon and egg and then short beef ribs mashed potatoes and then ice cream like there was a lot of protein and substances sitting in my belly yeah and she felt insane my intestines were freaking out the gut was like what how are what are what are we supposed to process first um and so yeah I took my mini Theragun thanks to Kate and I just kind of did a little massage I mean you always go on to YouTube and it's like deep loading whatever videos and there's always like random massages that you can do to just like stimulate you know movement in your stomach I suppose but it kind of feels good. Your stomach kind of goes numb and you know, it's probably not safe, but if you're wanting to take the risk by all means, you well, I'm more thinking about it, you know, stomach as if I know a lot, like when you do the Theragun, it's getting at muscles. And so I'm like, is it getting at your abs then? Like it's not getting at your, I don't know. I don't know the order of operations when it comes to like what on my stomach lining goes where, but are you hitting your small intestine? Like, are you, what are you doing? Dude, I don't know. I am just laying my legs. Up if it feels good, go on clean, but I'm just, more I, just I just move it back and forth as if I'm doing cool sculpting. Is that what the people do to get like their you have an ultrasound? Like you have like a pregnant yeah. baby. Like yeah, I'm just okay. moving it around. I'm not thinking about it. Okay. Yeah. Good. I mean, good for you. Good for your stomach. Happy, happy for you. My last, or one of my points is protein powder. I don't know why I've just been obsessed with protein powder. Like not overdoing it because I just, that makes your digestion suck, but I've tried a lot of them and I just feel like there's so many, like so many new ones out there, you know, that I got sent one that was like really weird. Like it was like not whey protein moo flavor. I have to send you a photo of it. It looks funny. I I feel like, yeah, I've been consuming a lot of protein powder as well. I always see on TikTok, so many people get the craziest flavors. Yeah like salted caramel there's like brownie powder batter and I am not much of a protein smoothie person so I I'm not going to mix out of my yogurt because I usually use protein powder in that regard to like add into yogurt before pancakes but I'm kind of like damn maybe I get weird flavorings to like add to my stuff right I, like I could commit to salted caramel but also at the same time I'm like do I need some weird artificial sugar yeah flavoring concoction probably not maybe you um, do who knows? Who knows? But again, if you guys have protein powder racks, send them my way because I just kind of get whatever is at Whole Foods and I want to maybe explore. Yeah. Your last point is you swear you're always at the grocery store. I mean, same. Between me doing step two of my bed thing and podcasting, I just like ran to Trader Joe's to buy a watermelon for no reason. I was just like panicked. I was like, I need to like get a watermelon. And then I got no. home and I was like, what the fuck? 
I feel like I just either grocery shop in really dumb ways. Also, I think when you eat like all your own meals at your house, right? And don't eat out. And also when you are someone who lives alone and cooks for one, I get overwhelmed when I have a lot of produce in my fridge, but then I yeah. go through stuff so quickly because I eat just like so many vegetables because that's like so much of my diet. But yeah, I mean, the people, there's a barbershop near my apartment and I swear every single day, they see me walking down with a bag of bag filled yeah. with random stuff. No, like, girl. They probably think I'm batshit insane. And also, you know, there's, I, then I was thinking like, you know, people go and get, you know, their fun little quirky treat from their local coffee shop every day. Maybe, maybe my equivalent to that is just buying cucumbers at Whole Foods. No, dude, whenever I do that, like the construction workers or like people that are near me, my apartment, I always think, and my super, especially, he sees me just going in and out and in and out 45 fucking times, especially. And also like me breaking down boxes or me shipping out Depop packages, like just doing a lot of shit. I think that the construction workers, they think that I have six children. Like I'm fe- like I'm cooking for a family because I have so much food. Like every time I go to Whole Foods, I feel like the security guards are like, "It's that mom, it's that young mom with five kids. They're hungry. They need a room, another rotisserie chicken." And I'm like, "No, it's just for me, dog. It's just for me." Like, oh my god. But then you realize how many people are in New York. Like it really doesn't matter. And like you're saying, I also see dudes just go in and they get the Whole Foods hot bar. So like if you're doing that and then you're maybe buying groceries later in the day, like it's acceptable to go more than once a day too. Yeah. Um, no, when when there's when I go twice in a day, there's something wrong. There no, it's not a good day for Emma if I'm at Whole Foods twice. I don't know. I tweeted this once. I don't know what I phrased it, but I was like going on like my something walk where I went to like three different health stores, Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. I was like, that was so useless. The fuck did I do that for? But girlies, you know, you need to spice up. My last point is this summer has sucked. This yeah. has been the most mundane summer of my life, right? Maybe I've needed a mundane summer. I don't know. I guess, you know, I've, I've accomplished stuff. I feel like I'm not saying I haven't done stuff with my summer, but it just hasn't felt like summer. Like, yeah. It, I was expecting some crazy Phineas and Ferb like feeling of just summer vacation and this has just been so boring I think it's a part of also just growing up and being an adult because you know when you're in college you obviously get the summer off and yeah you're working but it's not as intense as like when you have an actual career and I've just kind of realized that yeah summer will never hit the same because you're working every day and you don't really have that true extended break but yeah I agree i summer kind of flashed before my eyes I'm ready for it to be over low-key I'm like I get the point um so yeah summer no bueno maybe good things will come in the fall hopefully but But, wait no I want to say I want to say CMOS girlies we're making big supple moves yes the manufacturer magnesium will be in your hands in probably six months which is yeah we're we're setting hard deadlines now we're like it is game time also it's funny 23 a revolution (laughs) it's funny well, I'll post more on the Instagram. I just like genuinely haven't had so much time with work, but like whatever. Like the supple Instagram, the shit posting Instagram. We'll post some updates. But I feel like some people know about whatever our process with it, and some don't, or like how we're going about it. And Ty Haney, who a lot of you guys probably know and like fangirl, kind of I'm on I do too, even though she's one of our biggest mentors and advisors for supple. Um, she's been an excellent resource to us and really guiding us down this path and like advising us and probably going to invest in us one day so it's funny because some people dm'd us like you should consider working with ty and i was like we have been guys like so i just want to say that like yeah ty's been an amazing mentor and magnesium is coming soon i finally feel it's tangible again like emma and i probably pitched to like 20 fucking investors who were like no what's your valuation and i'm like i don't know the difference between one million and two billion dollars like yeah. fuck shut up so it no. feels good again it's really yeah. exciting 
I agree. No, it definitely feels good to have someone who's kind of on our side and is rooting for us. And yeah, this is like the most excited I've felt again. And I think it's just motivating to know that, yeah, it's going to all happen very soon. Just the fact that a magnesium product that Kate and I are going to put so much effort into like, you know, perfecting, we'll be able to have in our own pantry. And so many other people will be able to experience that. It's kind of wild, but yeah, very never take home again. I can't wait. same um okay today's episode we should probably get into it you guys probably get the chattering umness that we just had that wasn't even a word but bioavailability we are going to talk about you know if you know if you're even absorbing any nutrients from your supplements are supplements bullshit should you take them in liquid or pill form how soil depletion and how we fucking destroyed the land also ruins just like the nutrients that we're able to absorb from our foods um it's a pretty important episode i think and definitely something that you know, is going to be kind of out of your control, but it's just good to have knowledge on. Yeah, definitely not to spook you, not to scare you. I feel like, oh my God, what, like the world is too bad. I can't control anything. But like Emma said, a good broader thing to have in the background as you go about your, your little life. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, CMOS Grillies, we have to tell you all about our favorite new plant-based protein powder by Sprout Living. They're so delicious, so clean, and really much more than just your standard protein powder. Now, what really makes them different is that they avoid a lot of the unnecessary additives that many others on the market use. That means they don't use any gums, thickeners, or natural flavoring, which isn't really natural at all. Instead, they only use real, whole superfoods and adaptogens, which is great because it makes the blends multifunctional. Their Epic Protein Pro Collagen Blend, for example, also contains ingredients that help boost the body's own natural production of collagen. How cool is that? They have tons of different flavors. There's truly something for everyone to love. Check them out and use the code CMOSGRILLIES for 20% off your order. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics. And let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. 
It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, CMOS really sit down, get your notebooks out, schools in session with your two favorite professors. So bioavailability, I feel like we've made memes about it, but not really gotten in depth about it. I also think my knowledge about this as a health and wellness consumer person, person interested in it, I don't know that much about it. So it was really interesting doing the research of it because you just kind of hear really vague stuff about bioavailability and what that even means. Um, A lot of this, as Emma said earlier, is going to be talking about food and supplements and the broader scheme of it. Basically, the kind of the the red herring or like the red flag to have in the back of your mind when you're thinking about this is like if you're not taking your supplements or having the foods that you're eating in certain forms, you're kind of wasting your time. And what I mean by that is bioavailability definition is the degree which a certain nutrient is absorbed in your body and it's made available for normally bodily functions in the body. And it it varies of like your bioavailability viability oh my god this is going to be so hard to literally say in this fucking episode bioavailability based on a number of different factors it's going to differ if you have like a good bioavailability of one type of food or if you are able to absorb a nutrient or a vitamin versus someone else it can depend on your age can depend on your gender what you can absorb and what you can't absorb and there's also a lot of factors like we're going to talk about soil depletion we're going to talk about like different types of vitamins and minerals and like how you have to take them for your body to absorb it but a lot of it depends on the chemical form of the nutrient. So we're going to talk about fat soluble versus water soluble vitamins, the degree of release from the food matrix, which is kind of wonky. I won't get too much into that. And also the efficiency of the digestive process. So it depends on how a food is cooked to a degree. And I feel like I have heard that. And I always thought that to be bunk science of like, eating raw vegetables versus if you cook your broccoli, it has more phytonutrients. And I was like that can't actually be in any science research wise but it turns out to be true and it just makes the nutrient nutritional benefit of these foods better for you like you're more efficient when you are eating these foods um not to mean like don't eat broccoli in the most not bioavailable form you're still going to get the benefit of it but if you kind of want to be like an a plus student there's certain things you can do and also like you're going to forget or like you're going to be at a restaurant and you're not going to be able to like steam something they're only going to have it sauteed and like don't freak out about that um the one key to know another thing to note here is like micronutrients versus macronutrients so usually macronutrients that which is carbs proteins and fats have a very high bioavailability so you're not going to be deficient in fat or your carb intake for the day. But on the other hand, micronutrients, like the vitamins, the minerals, and phytochemicals, those are going to vary the degree of bioavailability, bio, bioavailability in like what food or vitamin that you're eating. And so micronutrients are once again, the responsible for like the majority of the nutrient content that goes into your body, right? Like you think of vitamin A, A, Z, and Z, um, vitamin A, vitamin D, K, zinc, that's going to be a lot more important than if you just met your like protein goal for the day. Um, 
So I talked about earlier, like how you cook food. So some food nutrients are going to display a higher bioavailability when they're taken in the raw form versus other ones being processed. So that could be processed by grinding the food down. It could be cutting, crushing, heating, fermenting, or eating with other foods could help maximize the bioavailability. So we talked about this in the episode, it was about protein of like, if you eat rice with beans, that helps with um, amino acid profile. That's kind of the same ideology here with like bioavailability of like you're eating foods that complement each other. And so you're going to absorb most nutrients from it. So when I normally think about bioavailability, I think about supplements because there's, Zem and I are going down the magnesium rabbit hole and you guys are going to take our magnesium product one day. Um, you want to take a product that is going to give you the most benefits. Otherwise you're kind of tossing your dollar in the trash and it can be really hard, right? You're looking at a million pill bottles that all look the same. How do you know which one is the most bioavailable? Do I go by the highest dosage? Do I just assume the one that's the most expensive is going to be the best price point? Do I take it in pill form? Do I take it in powder form? Those are still things that I feel like I am confused about when it comes to a lot of supplements out there. And as we know, supplements aren't regulated by the FDA. So a lot of companies can say whatever they want and make it seem like really picture perfect of like, you're going to get all your nutrients in our product. You're going to get all your bases covered with us. Like that's a lot of the language. And also like I do ads for a lot of, you know, vitamin companies that I feel like are good companies, athletic greens being one. And I've noticed that in their language that it's like, we cover all your nutritional bases. So it's just an interesting claim that I feel like a lot of supplement companies make. So bioavailability, I'm going to talk about a few factors that you probably don't know about because I didn't know about most of these things when I was Googling. So chelation, if you've heard that term before, maybe in like a Mark Hyman, like nerdy podcast. So minerals in the body, like zinc, magnesium, and iron, uh, the body uses these from everything to like making hormones to regulating your heartbeat. These are going to be inorganic compounds. And that means there's going to be limits to how your body can absorb them. So these chelated minerals, which are those three I mentioned, are actually attached to an amino acid, which is going to be the gold standard for absorption. So when you're going out and buying them, you should look for like a chelated form of these vitamins and, or these minerals, which I had no idea, right? The next kind of thing to do as a consumer is looking for activated B vitamins. So the B vitamins, especially B12, are very popular. Like a lot of people look for them for supplements, but a lot of people actually have trouble when it comes to their body with activating B vitamins. And these are things like folate, B6, and B12. So if you're not activating the Bs, which just sounds so funny, <laughs> they're not going to be useful in your body. Like you might as well just go like throw that B12 pill that you bought and just throw it in the garbage if your body can't actually like activate it. And so that's why a lot of manufacturers will like put on a label that like this is an activated B12 complex or something like that. I, it's, that's just like what the word activated means. Um, when you're talking about the activation of B12 and folate specifically, it's like the methyl form. So methylfolate and methate B12. For B6, you want something called P5P. That's going to be the technical strain. So write that down if you're taking notes and looking for a B6 uh, vitamin. The next one is, is a, a thing that's really um, smart to think about is splitting the dosage. And what do I mean by that? So a lot of doctors see people that take isolated vitamins and minerals kind of on their own volition. So like 
I think I'm deficient in calcium. I'm just going to go take 500 milligrams or yeah, I'm probably deficient in iron. I think an iron supplement would be good for me. Like, I think that's a lot of how consumers go around the supplement game. They just kind of think maybe they Google like what's a good amount to get, you know, what's a good brand. Okay, cool. I'm going to go buy this vitamin. So a lot of doctors have seen women who take a calcium supplement, which is great, but let's say the dosage is at a thousand milligrams and they take that entire dosage all at once. The body actually can't absorb more than 500 milligrams of calcium at a time. So if you are taking the full dosage in the morning, your body's going to not use that half of it. And so you should split the dosage instead, which is something that's really interesting that I didn't think about. And that's why I've always been someone that, which I'm going to talk about later, I've always been a multivitamin person because I don't want the guesswork of like, am I doing this right? Basically, I think some people like the multivitamin because you can get really specific into what needs you have. And if you need to take more of one than the other, that like a multi is just going to cover your bases. And if you are maybe extremely deficient in one thing and more normal in a different thing, like you might not want a multi, but like I was saying, where like, if you're taking this calcium, you have to know that, okay, I need to split the dosage of this one. I have to remember to take my calcium supplement at another time throughout the day. And I just think it's making it harder where people already struggle to remember to take their supplements. So if you have to remember to take two, you're probably going to struggle with that. Um, the same thing with vitamin C, a lot of people pound vitamin C as soon as they get the sight of like, I have a cold or I'm feeling under the weather, but the body can't absorb it once you're like no longer deficient in it. So a lot of people like take way too much vitamin C. Next one, which I think a lot of CMS girlies may have heard of before is going to be fat soluble versus water soluble vitamins. So there's going to be 13 essential vitamins your body needs to function. Um, there's, you know, the, I'm going to talk about later of like, I've heard the phrase like, am I peeing out all my vitamins? Like, what does that mean? Um, it depends because of the 13 essential vitamins, there's going to be nine that are wa water soluble, which means basically whatever your cells are not using, it's going to be excreted in your urine. And so these are going to be vitamin C, B, and folate, aka folic acid. So if you wake up and you've ever heard people say like, oh, my pee is super yellow. I wonder if I peed out all my vitamin B12, like that could be the case or you could be dehydrated. So like, don't freak yourself out there. But vitamins A, D, E, and K are going to be the fat soluble ones. And so those will actually not come out in the urine. So any surplus though, to kind of watch out for of those fat soluble vitamins, A, D, K, E, and K, which I just mentioned, they actually get stored in your fat cells, which it makes it really easy to overdose on them. And that can be dangerous. For example, if you take too much vitamin A, it can cause nausea, vomiting, headaches, fatigue, all that type of stuff. Long-term buildup of vitamin E can be linked to internal bleeding. And so that's why for me with supplements, I've never wanted to take strains, just like I'm going to take vitamin A and K and D because it's pretty easy to overdose. And just like, once again, like I'm saying, this whole episode is about bioavailability. Bioavailability. If you're not taking the, the fat soluble vitamins with a fat source, you could just toss them down the drain, right? Or toss them down the drain. Um, and so if you're eating a salad, which are going to be things like, all veggies basically are really high in the fat soluble vitamins. Like vitamin A is like dark leafy greens. You should add an avocado or nuts or olive oil to your salads because it'll help with the absorption of the fat soluble vitamins. And that's why like if you're eating a salad without any fat source, like it's pretty much a waste to how your body can absorb it. The next one to note is iron. So if you take an iron supplement in the morning with coffee or tea or something that has caffeine in it, it's going to seriously hamper the absorption of the iron. And so that's why a lot of times like it's recommended that you don't take it with coffee because it's just going to dilute like how much of the supplement you can absorb. 
last point that I have. So I kind of already touched on this, but like, should I take a multivitamin or specific pills? So multi helps with dosage, the proper timing of when and how to take them on the label. It's going to say what time did it take them? Should you take it with or without food? Like you're probably not going to have nausea or any bad reaction to a multi. But why does the dosage vary so much? And this is something that I've wondered, like when you are shopping in the supplement section, like why can I get a, a pill that has hundred grams of calcium or hundred milligrams of calcium or a thousand milligrams of calcium? Why isn't there not just a fucking standardized unit? But there's a lot of reasons why supplements are formulated with this wide variety because a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of us live different lives, et cetera. Your vitamin C requirement versus someone else could be very different just based on your lifestyle factors. So if you've had like surgery or an infection or you do extreme sports, your vitamin C level may increase for yourself. Um, iron requirements are hugely affected if you have really heavy periods. So you might need more than someone else. Um, another vitamin of like ripe riboflavin, I think that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. Um, that one also is linked to people with migraines. So you might have to up the dosage there. So, you know, multivitamins, once again, I think they're more efficacious. I think that there's just a lot easier for people that you take the guesswork out of doing it. That being said, like I just said, if you need a lot more vitamin C, then maybe you should go down the route of just thinking of the specific nutrients that you want to add. Um, if you are taking a supplement and let's say that it has about 50 to hundred percent of your daily value for that need of the vitamin. So whatever pill of the vitamin B12 is going to meet like 50% of your daily value. And on top of that, if you're eating nutritious foods, you're probably getting what you need and you're probably not peeing out your vitamins, like the fear of just peeing out every, all the pills and powders that you're taking. So once again, supplements, I think are very important because there's a lot of things you can't eat and our soil depletion, like Emma's going to talk about, and the food quality now is a lot worse, but you still have to make sure that you are eating nutritious foods. Like if you're just taking an array of pills throughout the day and not focusing on getting a wide variety of vegetables and getting protein, fat, and carbs and everything in, then the other half of the equation kind of sucks too. Yeah. Um, I think, oh, you finish. I was going to say last point from a labeling perspective, if you're shopping in a health store, like for a supplement, here's kind of things to look out for. Um, when in doubt, you should choose one of the USP seal, the USP seal. So the United States Pharmacopeia is a scientific nonprofit organization, and they set federally recognized standards for medicines, supplements, and foods. Once again, this isn't the government, it is outside of the government, but it's like kind of the highest threshold we have in the United States. Um, and like your vitamins not going to do you any good if it doesn't break down in the body in the proper way you should look for a wordy label. So if it's just listing things like this has a hundred milligrams of vitamin A and it doesn't tell you what form it's in, it's probably not a good vitamin either. So look just to make sure that it has a lot of like interesting information about like what form of you're getting and do some research on the website as well as you're kind of browsing. Yes. And I think just to kind of like bounce off of all that, like Kate mentioned, it's frustrating because supplements are extremely important, but how everything is just like set up in the United States, you really like have no idea if you're getting a supplement that's actually going to be fulfilling your needs. And that's why oftentimes, you know, supplements, it's typically, you know, to supplement your diet. So you really should be prioritizing the foods that you're eating, but it's kind of a catch 22 because the foods that we're eating don't contain enough nutrients compared to, you know, 50 years ago, which we'll get into in a little bit. So then it's like, you do need a supplement, but also it's like, if the supplements aren't even in the most bioavailable form, then like, are you really even benefiting anywhere? Probably not. 
Um, we get a lot of questions, I feel like in Geneva about, or a lot of people ask, you know, should I take a supplement in pill form or liquid? Like, which is more superior? And like, why do so many supplements come in pill form? And so I kind of wanted to do research into like the difference between the two and if pills are even effective. And so essentially what happens to our body when we take a supplement specifically in pill form is basically it's going to go straight to the gut into the gastrointestinal system, then through the liver, which is then absorbed in the bloodstream. And really the biggest thing when it comes to supplements is that you want stuff to get into the bloodstream as quickly as possible, because that's how basically it's going to move through our body and be able to be absorbed and actually utilized in the way that it's meant to be utilized. And so since there's so many steps in this process from getting the pill into your bloodstream, so many things can kind of get lost in the system, especially, you know, if you don't have like a strong gut, you know, you could lose a lot of the nutrients or a lot of the vitamins or minerals that are in that specific pill. And there's been a lot of studies done actually to show that the bio bioavailability rates in some pills um, can actually be anywhere from 10 to 30%. So when you're taking that specific pill, you might actually only be absorbing 10% of whatever's noted on like, you know, if it's hundred milligrams, you might only be, you know, absorbing 10% of that. And oftentimes most of what is in a pill is going to be flushed out by our body. And so this is why oftentimes so many supplements contain such high levels of vitamins, you know, oftentimes like over hundred percent of your daily needs, because these manufacturers really actually know that like, you're not absorbing that much. And as I mentioned, you know, an unhealthy gut can cause a poor absorption of said supplement. And so really when it comes between pills and liquids, liquids are actually going to be more like effective, mainly because they're absorbed more effectively and they enter the bloodstream a lot more quicker. But the issue here though, is that the reason that so many supplements do come in pill form is that they're going to have a longer shelf life and they're easier to transport just because to transport and shipping liquids is so expensive. So by, so kind of like in a business perspective, it's way more beneficial for a manufacturer or whatever supplement company to sell something in pill form because it's going to be cheaper for them. So, you know, they reap the benefits of making more money, but you don't necessarily reap the benefits of actually, you know, getting what you think you're getting when you're popping a pill. And then there's also so many lifestyle factors that can impact bioavailability and whether you're going to be really absorbing anything at all. Again, I mentioned a lot about the gut, but one thing too is going to be age. So as we age, our bodies and gut are less efficient at absorbing nutrients. And this is really because gastric acid and digestive enzymes are going to be decreasing when we're aging. So it's going to just make it more difficult to properly digest and absorb nutrients. Also specific medications can impact on how much your body absorbs nutrients. And this is kind of known as the drug nutrient interactions. So, you know, a lot of medications can influence appetite. So you may not be hungry at all. So if you're not really eating, you're obviously not going to be obtaining any necessary nutrients that your body needs to basically function and live. Then also a lot of med medications can alter the way that a food is either metabolized, absorbed, or secreted. So for example, vitamin K is produced by good bacteria in our gut. But when you take an antibiotic, these antibiotics, they're going to be killing the bad, bac bad bacteria, but they can also kill off a lot of the good bacteria that may be responsible for producing vitamin K. So even if, you know, you're eating a lot of vitamin K and, you know, your body's producing it, if you're also taking an antibiotic, that could be basically like negating a lot of the um, benefits or a lot of the vitamin D um, production within your system. Another thing too is laxatives can also increase the rate at which food moves through your body, thus leading to poor absorption. Um, so these are just little things to kind of keep in mind and just like note that, you know, certain medications 
might be impacting different nutrient levels and just kind of keeping that in mind and maybe, you know, focusing on like adding additional vitamin K into your diet, et cetera, obviously speak to a doctor when it comes to formatting sort of what you should be taking. Um, this next section that Kate and I really want to talk about too, was just like the bioavailability of food alone and how this is connected to soil depletion. We definitely have talked a lot about this in our food and climate change episode. So definitely go back and listen to that. But as Kate mentioned earlier, kind of the difference between macronutrients and micronutrients. So macronutrients are going to be generally easier for us to absorb versus micronutrients. And again, just because the food has a certain level of like a specific nutrient, that does not mean you will actually absorb that entire amount. So like, for example, spinach, I feel like a lot of people on the internet often talk about how it's known for high levels of iron. I always feel like when I was vegan, people were like, you need to make sure you eat your spinach or whatever. Um, but unlocking this iron within spinach is actually extremely difficult for our bodies due to a compound called oxalic acid, which inhibits the absorption. So this kind of gets into like different methods of cooking certain foods to basically improve the um, absorption or bioavailability of certain foods. So spinach, for example, if you're cooking it, it can actually help in breaking down the iron inhibitors and thus lead to a more absorption. And I wish I could remember this book that I think I listened to. It was an audiobook, and it basically went down through basically every single cooking method that is most beneficial for each essential food, basically. And it's like really crazy because it's like, you should like steam your broccoli, but if you oversteam it, basically like you're going to lose all the nutrients. So it's kind of like you can do one thing and then like immediately, like it can turn into like a bad result or whatever. Um, but if I remember the book, maybe we can add it into like the show notes or something. But another example too is like curcumin, which is going to be the active ingredient in turmeric. And again, curcumin on its own is poorly absorbed by the body. So like one teaspoon of turmeric contains 2% of curcumin, um, which is about like hundred milligrams. And it's just going to be quickly destroyed by your stomach acid if taken alone. But as I think a lot of sea muscarillis know is that if you pair it with black pepper, um, there's something within black pepper called pepperine, which is basically makes it easier to absorb the curcumin in the body. And so basically 20 milligrams per two grams of turmeric has been found to actually increase curcumin absorption by nearly 2000%. So there's a, there's a lot of different random hacks to increase the bioavailability that are pretty inexpensive, but again, it just like takes that additional, you know, like thought and remembering to do all these things, which is obviously very frustrating because you just kind of want to be able to eat and like hope that you can, you know, be healthy and obtain all the nutrients that you need. But this kind of gets into soil depletion and how this is really drastically, you know, impacted the food that we consume now. I think a lot of people have probably heard the, whatever the phrase where it's like, you know, you have to eat twice as much broccoli today than you would have, you know, 50 years ago to obtain the same amount of nutrients or whatever, or like carrots had are 50% more nutritious 50 years ago than they are today or something. And this is really going to be due to modern intensive agricultural methods as, you know, increasing amounts of nutrients have been stripped from the soil that grows from our food from these methods. And so this is going to include things like fertilizer, which is excessive use and excessive use of fertilizer really destroys biodiversity in the soil. Then there's monoculture, which I made a meme about today randomly. And this is essentially when you're growing a single crop year over year, which can be basically for the bottom line for a lot of farmers, it can be more advantageous, but for the environment, it's not. Um, next is going to be pesticides. Pesticides are often utilized to basically increase crop yield by keeping weeds and harmful organisms under control, but the overuse can also kill a lot of the good microbes Micropopulations in the soil and can make their way into local water streams. So pesticides are essentially like a plant's version of like an antibiotic that a human would take. 
Next is tilling, which is basically mixing topsoil and flattening the land to prepare it for planting. But so much overtilling can lead to soil erosion. So really when farmers are tilling, they're really removing a lot of the good nutrients that are from and intact in the ground. And there's also just been like a lot of work to breed new varieties of crops to increase yields as we've, you know, our population has grown like an insane amount in the past, you know, 100, 200 years. And this, basically these new varieties have basically resulted in larger crops that grow more quickly, but their ability to also uptake nutrients has not kept up. And there's actually a meta-analysis study from 2017 that basically cited that a lot of different, you know, such as like nitrogen, for example, nitrogen stores have decreased by 42%, sulfur by 33%, phosphorus by 27%. And granted, this was done in 2017. So these numbers and percentages could be much different now. But why this matters is that plants need all of these like key nutrients to grow optimally and like for photosynthesis and pro protein synthesis, excuse me. Um, and so when there is not enough of that in the soil, our plants aren't able to grow in the most effective way in the way that they should be. And there was another study done in 2004 by University of Texas uh, at Austin's Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry, and they exa uh, basically examined 43 garden crops, and they compared the nutritional profile in 1950 versus 1999. So again, these numbers can be completely different now, but it's still relevant for the conversation that we're having. And they found that calcium, phosphorus, vitamin C, and iron, they saw like a 6 to 38% drop. Magnesium has dropped nearly 25%. Another trace minerals such as zinc and manganese have also dropped. And so really this just kind of like goes to show that most of our food really was 50% more nutritious nearly 50 years ago versus today. And, you know, it's definitely unfortunate because everyone wants to think that they're doing the best, but then when you hear statistics like this, you almost feel like helpless. Cause that's like, what am I even supposed to do? And again, as like Kate mentioned, that doesn't mean like you shouldn't like be eating your broccoli. Like you're still going to reap small amounts or like small benefits, but it's just like not going to be as much. And you just have to do so much work now just because of how we fucked over the land. And so kind of like the closing segment is like, so what do you do now as a consumer? So really the first step is just like really trying to have a diverse diet. Again, like you can't absorb what isn't there. So if you're not eating, you know, an ample amount of like fruits and vegetables, you're just naturally not going to be getting that many nutrients into your diet. And again, like so many different foods will have different nutrients, which will also influence your gut and can create a more diverse gut microbiome. And the more diverse and healthy your gut is, the more nutrients you're actually able to absorb. So again, like also incorporating probiotic rich foods can help in diversifying your microbiome to thus lead to a better absorbing of nutrients. Yeah. And the next point we got a lot of questions about were kind of more of these like buzzwords you see on food and like how efficacious they are. So organic food, we've talked about this in the episode. Uh, which one would that be? Bro, we've done so many episodes. I'm I like, don't know. There's somewhere down there. Like, about, maybe it was like the food and climate change, but we also did one that was talking about like traditional American food. So maybe organic came up then. I don't know. I, I, will, I will think about that. I will circle back of which episode of organic was about if you're in Geneva. And if you want to ask me, I can think about it. Um, but when it comes to organic food, like think about this. Every food we eat, even if it's organic or inorganic, it has a specific like microstructure of stuff. And so if you're buying organic, obviously one, it's going to be at a higher price point. So there's like inherent privilege of like, if you can go and buy everything organic, or maybe you like look for the dirty dozen to be organic. Right. But nutritionally, are they going to be a lot different when it comes to like what you can absorb? 
Um, studies have shown that there's moderate increases in some nutrients in organic produce because it has more antioxidants, different flavonoids, which have these like antioxidant properties. The next one that I thought was interesting when it comes to omega-3 fatty acids that come from animal sources. So when you think about the feeding requirements for organic farm animals, they usually have higher levels of omega-3 fatty acids that the animals are getting fed. This is going to be like the cattle grass and alfalfa that's going into, you know, the cows or whatever the hell. Maybe you're buying like duck eggs, who knows. Um, the omega-3 fatty acids are going to be more heart healthy than other fats, and it's going to be a lot higher found in organic meat, dairy, and egg than non-organic foods. So like, I don't know, I think after being vegan and now that I do eat animal products, I'm like such a stickler about it that I only buy organic eggs and I only buy organic like rotisserie chicken just because I am like probably that paranoia of being vegan. And like at one point I was like, ew, eating animal flesh is gross. And now I like don't really think about that. Maybe that's problematic. I don't really know. We've done episodes about the food system. So if you want to fight me that I'm not vegan, like I could, I could give you a lot of takes on that. But that's just to say, I think meats, dairy, and egg is going to be a lot more significant actually than produce just because of like how poorly uh, animal agriculture is or like uh, what was I trying to say? Not animal. Yeah just like big ag and whatever and how animals are treated. The bigger th theme though is that you should just choose like a variety of foods from different sources so you get a better variety of nutrients and lower your exchanges to like a certain pesticide if you're eating a lot of different vegetables if you're eating a lot of different protein sources and carb sources right the next thing we got about was fortified which you see on nut milks a lot so both fortified and not fortified milks are still going to be nutritious they both promote bone health due to the high content of calcium and phosphorus which are going to be like the main you know minerals that comprise bones but vitamin D is going to be the thing that's fortified, which will help like your body's absorption of calcium. And the main benefit of fortification, which is going to be like adding in those nutrients that the food lacks and enrichments, which is like reintroducing the nutrients that were lost during processing, is that it can prevent nutritional deficiency. And so when we think about bone health and specifically like I know our community has like definitely a lot of women have had eating disorders and like a risk of osteopenia you should probably be buying that fortified milk just because you don't want to be deficient in vitamin D. Um, but if you are buying, I, I never even thought about this because I don't buy like dairy milk, but if you're buying fat-free fortified milk, you shouldn't do that because then you're going to not absorb the vitamins A and D, which are fat-soluble vitamins, which like was so interesting because I had never like thought of that point, right? Um, that you have the fat-soluble vitamins and you need fat when you're digesting in your milk. So don't do the skim milk if you're going to do normal dairy milk, but I don't even know if people are drinking dairy milk these days. Oh my God. I literally thought there was like a bird that just flew across my apartment. My poster just fell down. Oh, that scared me. Anyways. Sorry guys. Sorry guys. I'm, we're getting to the last point, which is chewing food. Now this point is kind of a meme, like kind of a meme. Um, it, if you, you hear all the holistic wellness bitches that are like digestion starts in the mouth. That is true. Like, I'm not saying that's not factual, but there's different things that kind of like happen when you're chewing food versus if you're like slurping down a smoothie. Like if you're blending something in the food processor, right, that's going to be breaking down the food. If like 40 seconds in a blender can break down spinach to like a much finer level than you chewing it. So why does that matter? Because like things like folate. So that's going to be the B vitamin in greens. That's a vitamin that's especially important for women of childbearing age. If you feed people a cup of spinach, um, 
that was like grinded down in a smoothie or in a food processor or something, their folate level goes up a lot more than like the control group in this case. So if you eat finely chopped spinach versus whole leaves, you're going to end up with a lot more in your bloodstream. So like it is interesting to think about chopping up food and like digesting food to make sure you're not just eating like massive chunks of stuff like that. Another one is like if you boil carrots, um, for three minutes, like the regular chewing can release 10 times as much beta carotene than eating them raw. I mean, maybe you don't like eating cooked carrots. I don't really like cooked carrots. I love eating raw carrots. So I'm probably not going to do that for, you know, <laughs> 10 times more beta carotene in my fucking life. But it's just interesting um, that the food, like, you know, how you digest the food actually affects the bioavailability too. So I'm not saying get crazy and start eating like baby food for the rest of your life if you start eating those like mashed carrot things. But, uh, just another point I thought I would add um, as we close out this app on big bioavailability. Should that be the episode title? I feel like we always, we always big. struggle with episode titles and it's hard to find something quirky. Yeah. Um, but I hope this episode, you guys learned a lot. I also feel like it's easy to leave this episode feeling even more cons- like confused. confused. Because yeah. it's like, oh, wait, it's really not that straightforward. I really can't just eat and expect yeah. to be okay. This episode um, is humbling, you guys, that, you know, even if you have your supplements, just go take a look at them. I'm going to go take a look at the magnesium that I have until we launch the best magnesium in the dude, world. I'm convinced that my body does not absorb anything from whole magnesium. There's no way. Yeah, no, I'm not. My muscles are not feeling relaxed. So no. the episode, don't feel scared. Like you're doing nothing right. You're probably doing a, an amazing sweetie, but, you know, maybe think about, oh shit, I should put some fat sources on my salads or I should think harder when I go and buy pills because those are an investment in my health and I should make sure that I'm actually buying the best quality ones. So yeah, that's the app. Um, like, comment, subscribe, leave us a review, join Geneva, like the memes, get your merch, you know, all that stuff. But I hope you have a lovely night, Emma. I hope that I'll be sleeping on a mattress tonight. That's all I have to hope for. Yeah, I'm manifesting that for you. I'm going to go drink some magnesium and foam roll. Until the supple magnesium launches, um, y'all are stuck with that fucking shitty calm magnesium. I'm sorry. But thanks, CMS girlies. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.